Well, are we ready to get in the word tonight? Aren't you grateful? Aren't you grateful for a local church where you can come? I mean, we, do you realize how many awesome people are here? It's just so cool. We're just all passionate, hungry about the things of God, growing together. It's awesome. Well, tonight, we're just going to continue to get in the word about the renewing of your mind. And uh, we're talking about something that could change your life, actually do more than that, just transform your life. So in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, don't be conformed into the world. Don't be pressed into the mold of the world. Now, all of us lived in the world today. Did you notice that, that today the world system was trying to press you? Right? Did, did you see it? The more you grow in the things of God, the more you'll see the enemy's work, right? So, so if for some reason you were thinking about, if you're, if you're here tonight, and let's say you're in a season where, where the enemy's attacked your finances and you might be in lack of some sort, do you realize the world system will try to press you? It'll try to make you desperate. It'll try to create fear. It's always trying to press you into the mold. Now, the mold of the world looks like this. It means you think and act and speak like the world speaks. So, see, we are to, we are to literally speak, act, and live completely different than the world. When we look at a situation in God that looks in the natural like there's no way, do you know we don't even see that? Because we serve a God who is our Heavenly Father who makes a way where there's no way. So there's always a way, right? If we come to a place in our life where it seems like this door is shut, but yet we're supposed to walk through, now what that will look like is anything God calls you to do, anything. It'll look like the door's shut. But when you're in Christ and you've learned how to think and act and speak like God, like your heavenly father, because you're not being pressed into the mold, you realize, well, that door's shut, but it's going to be fun watching it open because I, I walk with the God who opens the doors that no man can shut. Does that make sense? So now what we're talking about is living in a realm where all things are possible to those who believe. Do you realize in your life right now, everything is possible. It's not up to anything else but what you can believe. Isn't that amazing? That sounds a lot like a blank check. Now, you know, Pastor Dave talks about the lottery. Man, I'll guarantee you the lottery would not ruin my life. And you know, I would absolutely go play tonight. You know, if the Lord would just give me those numbers, but he's just never gave me the numbers, you know? But you know what? It doesn't matter. If he wanted to, 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 if he wanted to use the lottery, whatever, right? All he has to do is give me the numbers. It's really interesting how he's never gave, given me those numbers, right? But I got to tell you, as a Christian, I don't even know what the lottery thing is, but it's nothing in comparison to what my God has. He owns it all, 
And the Bible says I'm a co-heir. So that means I own it all with him. Now, that makes no sense if you look at your natural life, but if you renew your mind, you're like, wow, I'm never going to be worried about finances again. As a matter of fact, as you renew your mind with the word of God, you'll never worry about anything anymore. Because you know all things are possible. He opens the door that no man can shut. You know, I think uh, when I turned 60, you know, uh, we celebrated that night when my wife completely took over the service and, you know, and all that stuff, right? And, and you know, she sent me these statistics about how that your most uh, prominent years of your life, the most fruit-bearing years are in your 60s, 70s, and 80s. They, they have all these statistics about that. But I'm here to tell you that's just, that's a partial truth. Because if the Lord tarries and I hit 90 then guess what? My 90th year will be my most prosperous year. And then my 91st year would be even more than that. Why? Because the Bible says the path of the righteous increases. So God's will, all these things that we talk about in the Bible, do you know all the epistles, all it talks about is that you are to see what God has given you. See it so you can walk in it. So we're going to talk more about that. It says, don't be conformed to this world, Romans 12, 2, but be ye transformed by the renewing or the renovation of your mind. In other words, once that happens, now you can prove, prove, determine by experience what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life? Isn't that amazing? The word will show you your path. The word will lead you down the path. Everything. The word will produce everything that you are to do in this life. It, it Literally, your job is to rest. It's, it's to just be willing and obedient. God will see to it that you eat the best that the land can provide. Seems too good to be true, doesn't it? That's why it's called the gospel. The word gospel means something that is too good to be true. Isn't that awesome? So let's keep going with this. We finished, we've been talking a lot about how your soul works. In order to understand the renewing of your mind, you've got to understand that you are a three-part being. So once again, you are a spirit and you possess a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. You also live in a physical body, right? So we're talking about the soulish realm and we made this statement that God has given us our soul it, it's, it's, he's given it to us for the purpose of making proper decisions. That's what your soul exists to do. And remember we said your mind will literally perceive the natural world through your senses and it will, it will literally evaluate every situation based on how it's been renovated. So if I've renovated the word of God 
or if, if I've renovated with my mind with the word of God, now I'm going to perceive everything with my senses correctly. I'm going to see it correctly. And also, my emotions are going to be correct, and our, my emotions are going to tell me how I feel about what I'm seeing, and that's going to mix together and produce a desire which causes me to act my will, the third part of my soul, and then walk and, and make a decision. Does that make sense? We, we went a lot through that, so if you haven't been here, just get online and listen to these messages. It'll make everything in your life make sense if you understand how your mind works. And why are we spending so much time on the mind? Because the mind is the battlefield. The mind is the battlefield. Satan can't talk. He can't touch your spirit. He can't talk to your spirit. He can't communicate. He can't try to, to, to deceive your spirit. He can't, he can't touch it. He's way under your feet. He is no match for you spiritually because he's dead. Right? And now you and I are one spirit with God. So what Satan will do, though, here's the deal. The control center of your life is your soul. Whoever has control of your soul has control of your future and your destiny. And that's why the Bible is very clear. In Romans chapter 12, he's now talking to us about how to walk in victory and the first thing he says is, you don't be pressed into the mold of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for your life so that you can walk it out. This is so important. So now let's keep going with this because the, battlefe or the battlefield or the battleground of the mind, we just touched on this last week. We're going to get into it a lot now. The battleground of the mind has three levels of mental activity. There's always three levels. We mentioned this last week. The first level of mental activity in your mind is your thoughts. The second level of your mental activity are imaginations. The third level of mental activity is strongholds and I'm telling you you do not want the enemy to get you to build a stronghold in your mind because that's all kinds of bad things happen with that and if tonight you have some strongholds in your mind that have taken you captive I've got great news for you the anointing of God it doesn't break the, the stronghold. It doesn't unlock the door. A stronghold is like a prison. It doesn't just unlock the door and let you out. It destroys them. Remember last week, 2 Corinthians. I'm going to read those scriptures again. Actually, just put them up on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll start in verse 3. We finish with this. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. But, verse 4, the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. That, mean, that word carnal means they are not of human origin. 
But the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down, in the Greek language, the complete destruction of strongholds. And now it's going to explain it in chapter 5, or verse 5. Go ahead and put that up. Casting down imaginations. The word of God, which is mighty through God, these are the weapons of our warfare. It's the word in our heart coming out of our mouth. It does what? It casts down imaginations, which is the second level of, of your thought, of, of your mental activity in your mind, of that battleground. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that what? That exalts itself. Remember last week? That word exalt means that slowly and progressively takes a place of preeminence against the knowledge of God or against the word of God. In other words, this is what happens in your mind, right? So here's the knowledge of God, the word of God. What Satan wants to do is have an imagination going in your mind that does what? Every, that, that becomes a high thing that slowly and progressively takes preeminence against the knowledge of God. Because remember, you've seen me say this, right? So if this, if the word of God has preeminence in your life, and this is all of your circumstances, your circumstances cannot move you at all. But if you ever start thinking wrong, right? You start taking those thoughts by speaking them. Now you're speaking wrong. According to Romans chapter 10, you are going to start believing wrong. And if you start, see, when you take a thought and start speaking it, what happens is you are building something when you speak. You've got to know this. If you don't get anything else tonight, you are building something every time you speak. Well, you know, I didn't really mean that. Doesn't matter. You were still building something. You were either building freedom or you were building a stronghold. But what you're really building when you take a thought is you're starting to build an imagination. Your mind will listen to your words and it will start to build of, of a movie going on in the inside of your mind of you living contrary to what God's word says. It, I mean, your words can start to build an imagination that will be a movie that will go on in your mind telling you that you're always going to be sick and you're never going to be healed. And it's going to get worse. Right? you got to be careful with that. That's what Satan wants to do. And it will slowly and progressively try to take preeminence. Okay? So this is how this is working. Your imagination, which is being built as you speak these thoughts that are hitting your mind. What comes out of your imagination? Your behavior. So all of a sudden, you start acting out what you're seeing. You've heard me say this, right, with faith? You can't take possession of anything you don't see. 
You always move in the direction of what you see. Satan wants you to see death. God's word will show you the very essence of life that God has, and it will show you life so that all of a sudden, this movie of you walking through this earth in dominion, just like Jesus, laying hands on the sick, never walking in lack, being strong, always being in the right place at the right time, with the right heart, doing the right thing. That, that imagination, which is built by you speaking the word of God, right? It's building that imagination in you, which will cause you to walk that way. You're always building something. There's no middle ground. And when did this start? Listen, Satan started coming against you about the time you were four or five years old. Right? So, so this is how this is working. Because what happens now is it builds an imagination. And then my behavior starts coming out of my imagination. And now what happens is now that third level will start to take place, strongholds. What the enemy will endeavor to get you to do is he wants to keep that behavior going. Because as you speak and do, you build the prison called a stronghold. And it's like, I mean, I teach on this stuff and I'm like, Man, I wish I would have known this when I was about five years old, you know? I'd be punching Satan in the face. Instead, I didn't know. But the good news is, if you have a million strongholds built up in your mind, the anointing of God in a moment of time can destroy them. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow. So we're going to talk about this just a little bit. You guys want to talk about this a little bit? We haven't really, well, I guess we have. Maybe a little bit started talking about this. So the first level, thoughts. Thoughts. Thoughts come to you from every direction, right? They'll come to you from you, your self-talk. That's why, you, I mean, you got to be careful because you talk to yourself more and you listen to yourself more than anybody else. But thoughts are generated by every word that is spoken to you. You watch TV and thoughts are generated. If you'll notice a lot of these movies, though, you got this buffed out, tough guy that's just kind of alone. But he's tough. And I didn't realize it, but Satan was using that to throw thoughts in my mind that would ignite with me because I didn't trust anybody anyway, and I thought I was worthless, that, you know what, I could just do this on my own. But God didn't design us to do anything on our own. Right. Nothing. On your own doesn't mean you're strong. On your own means you're deceived. On your own means you are acting like Satan. Satan. I mean, it's, it's crazy. you got to watch. Thoughts are generated by every word spoken to you. That's why you got to watch what you watch on TV. Right? That's why in Psalm 1-1 it says, listen, if you want to be blessed, you can't walk, stand, or sit in certain 
places. That's why when Jesus was on the earth, he said, listen, you be careful how you hear, be careful what you hear, be careful who you hear, right? So important. Why? Because thoughts are generated. And thoughts, every destructive thing that has ever taken place in your life started with a thought. You might not have even perceived it. I remember the whole worthlessness thing. God showed me, now this was just, it was one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was called the discerning of spirits where God showed me into the spirit realm. And I saw myself in our little two-bedroom apartment in Chicago. I saw myself standing as about a four-and-a-half-year-old little boy looking at our front door. I was standing in our living room, and there was this black mist thing on me and I knew it was a demon and it whispered in my ear you are worthless that's and then the Lord said Tony when a lie is exposed it loses its power and I, when I saw that it's like in a moment of time what was it I know now what happened a stronghold was destroyed and and it was like it was like I was completely free, instantly. Listen, you as a child of God have already been made free. Your spirit is free. Everything that might feel like bondage in your life or feel like a scar in your life, every one of it, all that is, that is in your mind but it will take you captive because it will seem so real. But I'm here to tell you the word of God will literally, the anointing that is upon the word of God will destroy that yoke. And that's, that's why when you get free, it's, like, it's just like, wow, I'm just free. Because what happened is you just realized, wait a minute, I'm free. It lost its power. It's like when you're, you meditate and all of a sudden you're meditating on the word in regards to healing. And you got this stuff going on in your body. And you're, I mean, literally, you're just declaring in the name of Jesus, it is written, I, I was healed. I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. And all of a sudden, revelation comes and you're like, whoa, whoa, I am healed. And you'll never be moved by the sickness again, and it'll have to leave your body. It's the way all this stuff works. Thoughts come not just from things that you hear. Thoughts come to you from things that you see. Thoughts come from every circumstance that you encounter in your life. Today, you had circumstances, you had things coming. How many of you had some thoughts coming today? And you know that they weren't of God, but while when you were, if you're meditating on the word, there's going to be some thoughts coming from God too, right? Not all thoughts are good, so you must decide. Notice I said this, you must decide what thoughts you're going to dwell on and what thoughts you're going to cast down. This is why it's so important 
because the word of God will literally, as you, as you have the word in abundance in your heart, the word will literally help you discern good from evil. Some people have thoughts where they just, you know, I got this word when I was a little kid that I was to be a pastor. And then I was growing up in the church and I love God and, and I just, everybody was just telling me I need to be a pastor and I need to be a pastor and I need to be a pastor. So of course I go to Bible school and then I go out and I have been miserable for 30 years being a pastor and nothing's ever worked. And then I finally found out, oh wait, I was never supposed to be one. You don't want that to happen, right? We don't, as Christians, we don't decide what we do. We discover, right? Because it's already done. He made this plan for you. Thoughts, in other words, are the root. Think of thoughts as the root. You will always, always, always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. You'll always move. This is why the Bible says, great peace have they that love thy word, and nothing shall by any means offend them. Because offense, it's like a root. It's like a root of bitterness, and it just hounds you. It'll become dominant in your life. You always talk about it. You're always thinking about it. And that's why you're always moving in that direction. And God doesn't want anything driving you. He wants you to be led by him. Matthew chapter 6, in verse 31, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it to you. Matthew 6, 31, at the beginning of this, of this uh, verse, it says, therefore, take no thought saying how you take a thought is when you say it it is impossible for you well i'll say it this way you don't take a thought and begin to build an imagination you can't do that until you put a word to it. You have to speak it. But when you speak it, you are starting to build an imagination. Whether good or whether bad, whether death or whether life. Boy, I got to tell you, this stuff is not being preached and it needs to be preached because Christians are being stolen from because the enemy's having a heyday. This is so important. So that's your thoughts. So now the second level of mental activity, your imaginations. When you begin to ponder, meditate, and think about a thought, okay, this is what happens. So, so a thought hits your mind and you start to ponder. You start to meditate. You start to think about that thought, right? A pain hits your body and a thought hits your mind. This condition that I've had diagnosed in my body is getting worse. You start to think about it. 
You start to meditate on it. You start to ponder it. What's happening is what you're doing now is you're isolating this thought in your mind and you're beginning to build a mental image of it in your imagination. It's exactly what happens. A thought hits your mind and you ponder it. And then you start meditating in it, which means you start speaking it. Right? You start thinking about it all the time. Pretty soon you're taking this thought and you're speaking it. And what you're doing is you're isolating this thought, right? And you're beginning to build an imagination or you're beginning to build a mental image of it in your imagination. It's the way God made your mind. The mental image in your imagination will eventually produce a behavior. Remember how I said your behavior comes out of your imagination, right? It, your behavior comes out of it after you've isolated it in your mind, right? You've isolated it, and now you're building this mental image in your imagination. How are you building it? With your mouth. And, and as you build it, all of a sudden, you'll start moving in that direction. Are you beginning to see that you literally are self-programmable? Are you beginning to see that God has literally given you, he set before you death and life? You choose. And we've got the majority of the church thinking it's all up to God, and we're begging God to, God, please help me do this, do that. And God's like, I did. If you would just believe it and act on it and speak it, you, I will perform it in your life because I've already given it to you. But what happens is we beg and plead, and then we sit here and go, why is God so cold? He's not hearing me. And it's like, no, 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 no. He did. He saw your problem before you were ever born. He saw you in this, and he sent Jesus, and Jesus died a horrific death to free you from all of it. And then he gave you his word to tell you how to lay hold of everything. But we're not doing that. We just, you know, and, and, and then we'll run around and, oh, can, let me go to this meeting and that meeting and get a word and get this word and, and, and then I'll, I'll go and let me go to this deliverance meeting and maybe I can get delivered because God helped me. And God's going, I already delivered you. You're literally everything that's bondage in your life is in your mind. Your spirit is brand new. It's free. It can't be touched. So let me teach you how to profit. Let me lead you into life. Do you see that? Man, people get mad at people like me because I preach this stuff. That's all right. Because you can't keep your mouth shut when you know what the word says. You love people too much. Listen, I've been bound, and now I'm free, and free is much better. Amen? It's much better. So you isolate, you isolate this thought in your mind, you begin to build a mental image in your imagination, 
this mental image will eventually produce a behavior. And what you're doing is you build a scenario for a piece of your life around the thought that you've taken. You literally build a scenario around it. That's, that's your imagination. Now, that's the first level thoughts. Now we got imaginations. And if you keep this thing going, now you're going to go into the third level, which is a stronghold. Imaginations become strongholds when the behavior that the imagination produced becomes consistent. You didn't become an alcoholic the first time you tasted alcohol. See, the behavior in whatever it is, this imagination will become a stronghold when the behavior that, that the imagination produced, when it becomes consistent and when it's contrary to your best interests. In other words, it's contrary to the word of God. Yeah, but pastor, I don't drink. Okay, do you gossip? Do you, right? Do you have a problem maybe lying? Do you have a problem, do you self-destruct things in your life because you don't really think that you deserve anything? All that, see, give yourself a break. That's, that's all a work of the enemy that Jesus literally came and now we have his word and his word, the anointing, will blast all that out of your life. Yeah. Try to fix it yourself. In God, the anointing will literally eradicate the desire right. to where you'll look at it and go, I, I used to be bound by that. I don't even want that anymore. It's as if that wasn't even me. Yes, it wasn't even you. Do you know the Christians that are walking around today that have so much inner turmoil because of what they're doing as a Christian, and it's because they have strongholds. They have this imagination. They don't know why they do what they do, but they keep messing up, and then they run to God, and, oh, God, please forgive me, and then they do it again, and then they mess up again, and then they do it again, and, and the thing is, God, there is a loving Heavenly Father, and he's like, you're still my child. I love you just as much when you blow it as when you don't. But listen, I've given you my word. The, my, my spirit is within you. You're free on the inside. Let me teach you how to not beat yourself up and get out of this behavior thing. Strongholds are manifested outwardly. Now, this is going to tell you if you have a stronghold in your life. Don't freak out if you do. Actually, you won't freak out because you already know. Strongholds are manifested outwardly in your life in the form of bad habits, in the form of addictive or compulsive behavior. If you have any of that stuff in your life, there, that could be a sign of a stronghold that all you got to do is apply the anointing to it. It'll get rid of it. A stronghold is literally defined as an enemy fortification, and the kingdom of darkness is always involved. It's like a prison. 
God does not ever want you in that third level of mental activity. He wants no strongholds in your life. He wants, he wants his word to fill your imagination. So here's how this works. Satan and demons, these principalities, these powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, the satanic hierarchy, they observe your life. They watch your life. And they listen to your words. If you're a parent, don't ever let Satan use your mouth against your kids. But here's the cool thing, because every parent lets Satan use their mouth against their kids. Curse those words, ask your child for forgiveness, and then start, you start declaring, I never, I never speak death over my kids. Right? But these demons... They will watch your life. Job said this. He said, I will put my hand over my, or I will bridle my tongue when I'm in the presence of my enemy. And all these demonic powers, they are your enemy. They know the thing that messed up your grandmother, your grandfather, your great-grandmother, your great-grandfather, your dad. Well, I didn't even know my dad. Doesn't matter. They know. And they will come and visit. It's amazing when I met this whole other family that I didn't even know I had because I didn't know my biological father. Out of the nine kids, I, was, I grew up as an only child, but out of the nine kids, I'm the one, my, my grandmother, my dad's mom, she was 96 when I met her. She knew who I was when I was a little kid in, in Chicago. And... Uh, she was blown away. The whole family was blown away because my mannerisms are so much like my biological father. I would say things the way he would say things. I've never met him that I remember. It's amazing how, well, how is that? I'm telling you, there's demonic powers and they're watching your actions and they're listening to your words to gain access and based on what they're seeing and what they're hearing, they will throw thoughts. And they will, they will manipulate circumstances and use people. That's why, that's why the word says people are never your enemy. Don't get bummed out at people. Listen, if somebody is in your life and they're really mad at you and they're really trying to hurt you and they're angry, listen, where did that come from? It's, don't, don't take it personal. There's another agenda working. Love them. That's why God says, listen, love those. Do good to those that despitefully use you. Why? Because your heavenly father's trying to keep you free. No weapon formed against you could prosper as a child of God. That enemy, that person that says they're going to destroy your life, you love them because they can't destroy your life. You know who can destroy your life? You. Your tongue. And he knows that. Man, I'm telling you, I'm preaching myself happy tonight. This is really, really important stuff. Hmm. They observe your life. They listen to your words. When they observe wrong behavior or hear words that reveal to them 
there's a vain imagination. See, Satan can't read your mind. These demons can't read your mind. They are listening to your words to see. They're watching your actions to see if there's a vain imagination. And then, this is what they do. They will try to bring this arena of your thought life from the level of just an imagination. They want to bring it up to a level of a stronghold. If you, got, if you are using your mouth to speak death and it's creating a vain imagination, they're going to hear that. They've been doing this for a long time. They're going to see your actions. They're going to see what buttons. And then what they're going to try to do is get, they want everything to go to the stronghold thing. So now you're on cruise control. You're just bound. Do you know how happy they are as Christians who don't know the word and who think they are what they do? They love that because, man, they'll trip up your behavior and then they think, they'll make you think you're a bad person. When all the time you are a child of God, You've been given all the authority in the name of Jesus. You have been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. And they are literally laughing because they're going, he doesn't even know who he is. And we're mess. And not only am I messing him up, but man, I could use him and mess up his kids and his grandkids and people that he comes in contact with. But no more, not in this house. Right? Not in this house. They do this. How do they, how do they take something from a vain imagination into a stronghold? They do it by manipulating circumstances. Right? By using people to cause you to have repeated opportunity to continue the wrong behavior. Here's a guy who has a problem sexually with being faithful to his wife. Or a woman who has a problem being faithful to his husband. And it just seems like women or men are always trying to come. A good friend of mine, literally a, a minister friend of mine, his wife, after the third affair, he finally just ended the marriage. And it was, he goes, it, it's just like it would just keep happening. It was, like, it was like she had this thing about her that would attract. Oh, yeah, it's called also all those principalities and powers. They knew she's building a vain imagination. And then they would bring people so that she could keep that behavior going so the stronghold could stay up. Do you see this? Every bad habit, every compulsive or addictive behavior is a result of all of this. I hope that our words tonight, all of a sudden we're going to be like, wow, okay. I've been kind of talking about getting my words together for a long time. I, yeah, I'm going to definitely do this. Because now you're going to say something and all of a sudden you're going to hear your loving pastor's voice. 
And you're going to literally go, oh man, all these little demons are taking notes. Check that out. Look at that. Oh, we go, oh, there's a vain imagination. Let's go to work. It's the way it really works. Oh, man. So strongholds are the first, first level or the first arena that you're going to have to deal with as you renovate your mind. you got to deal with strongholds. When a vain imagination has progressed into a stronghold, now hang with me. I'm going to go about 12 more minutes. But we got to finish with this. When a vain imagination has progressed into a stronghold, then the anointing of God comes to destroy that yoke of bondage. The anointing, what is it? It is the manifest presence of the mighty Holy Spirit. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. I would write this down. Isaiah 10, 27 says this, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Not broken, destroyed. Destroyed means can't be rebuilt. Have you ever noticed what it said in John 8, 36? Whoever the Son has made free is free. Now, I've got to say this because this is burning in my spirit. I, I believe there could be some people here. Just look straight ahead and smile. Nobody will know. I don't know. Well, I shouldn't say that. I... I know, I know a little bit, but it doesn't matter. But there's people watching online. Listen, you're sitting here tonight and you're going, I've walked in this stronghold and all this stuff for so long, I don't see any hope. He loves you. He loves you. And the anointing will destroy the yoke. You don't have to know, you don't have to be a Bible scholar and know, no, 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 no. This is not your work. The anointing destroys the stronghold, not you and I. Realize that tonight. This deal is so good, it's not up to you. It's the anointing. All you've got to do is just be willing. So tonight, you go to the Lord and you say, listen, I just need you to help me walk through this. I would encourage you, listen to these messages over and over. Outline them. Meditate on them. Take some of these scriptures. Say them over and over. It is worth the freedom that you can experience in God. 1 John chapter 2 in verse 27. 1 John chapter 2 in verse 27. Look at this one. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. Say this with me. The anointing of Almighty God abides in me. It's in me right now. 
Wow. And you need not that any man teach you. Boy, you got to get that. Do you realize that every time you come to this church, tonight, a man is not teaching us. The Holy Spirit of God is teaching us. He's using it through the foolishness of preaching. He's, he's, he's going way beyond my limits as a pastor. And this is coming right from him, right to you, right to me. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, what? Say this with me. The anointing, which is in me, teaches me of all things. Wow. So it'll teach you. And is truth. Say this with me. The anointing that is within me is truth and is no lie and even as it hath taught you you shall abide in him so we see if you study the anointing it's administered many ways it could be administered by the laying on of hands right it could be here's a big here is a big way it's administered you should be very thankful for the worship team that we have in this church. You should be very thankful for those precious worship gifts. Because in times of praise and worship, when the glory of God is manifesting and present in the sanctuary, the anointing is administered. Why do you think people, I'm telling you, you need to learn how to open your heart and passionately pursue God. Worship is not just singing a song. Because I'm telling you, the, in, in, in praise and worship, when his presence is there, his glory is there, literally the anointing is administered to you while you're singing. While you're worshiping. The anointing is also administered as a product of the gifts of the Spirit. There's nine gifts and manifestations of the Holy Spirit, but that comes as the Holy Spirit wills. It could happen once, it could happen never again. Well, however, it's just however He wills it to happen. The anointing of God must be applied so that you can begin to control your own imagination. Many believers have lost control of their own imagination. The anointing being administered to you will help you control your own imagination. Where you make your own choices. Because what Satan does, he messes with you. He just messes with you to try to get you to hand over all the control to him. I love this. <laughs> Hallelujah. We might have to talk about that more. Hallelujah. I'm just going to say this in closing. 
Romans chapter 1, in verse 20 and 21, reveal a big truth. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Bear with me, only got about five minutes left. I could see by all the drool coming out of all your mouths, you want me to go longer. That's my story, I'm sticking to it. But I won't. It says this, for the invisible things of him, talking about of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And then this is what happened to people. So the first thing God says is everything about him is revealed in creation, so that every man is without excuse. They know there is a God. But, but you talk to people and they're like, no, I'm an atheist. You're, that, that stuff is foolishness. Well, this is how that happened. It says, because that, when they knew God, right? They didn't start out as an atheist. When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful But what happened to them? Because they didn't glorify God as God, because they were not thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Wow, that's how it happened. And their foolish heart was darkened. What happened was they began to mentally image their lives unfolding in a way that was not consistent with God's word. Been, they, all of a sudden, they began to mentally image their lives unfolding the way the world said. They did this because they were not giving God glory by being thankful to him. This right here in itself reveals the power of praise and worship. Because we come into his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. Why? It's the key. It keeps us free. It keeps us literally the anointing flowing, keeping us free. Praise and worship is to be a time that is set aside specifically to give God glory and to thank him for what he has done. See, many people get into the teaching and preaching, but they don't get into praise and worship. But praise and worship is one of the most powerful opportunities to cast down vain imaginations. One of the best ways to control their souls so that they can fulfill their destiny. Corporate praise and worship is weak in a church Why? Because personal times of praise and worship is weak. If if our personal time of praise and worship is weak, then when we come here, it's going to be weak. So I would encourage you, you want to administer the anointing? You want to get free from vain imaginations and strongholds? You start having times where you worship God. I mean, I can't, listen, You don't have to have a good voice. One time in worship, I heard this really bad sound. 
And I literally said, what is that? And I realized, oh my gosh, our sound guy, not John, it was another one, had my mic on. It was me. <laughs> if you went in my office, I have a subwoofer behind my chair that will give you a massage if you're sitting in it. Because why? Because sometimes if a song captures me, I'll be in my office looking probably foolish to all of you. But my father loves it, and I'm just singing with all of my heart, but I don't want to hear myself. Right? I want to hear CeCe whining. Right? We must seize the moment during praise and worship to exercise proper control of our souls. When you do this, your imagination is supernaturally freed to build a picture of your life on the basis of what the Word of God says. We're going to talk more about how to deal with vain imaginations, but I wanted to leave you with that. Amen?